we all do it every time we play. If you get stuck in, I can't believe I just did that. I don't normally play like that. I'm better than this. It's embarrassing. What are you doing? You're an idiot. You're stuck in emotion the whole time. You don't actually have the opportunity to learn. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Mr. Cermak with me. Hey, Ev. Cerm here. <laughs> welcome to Orlando. <laughs> another show. Where this is our second podcast. We're recording live in Orlando, Florida, the PGA show. But guys, in case you're new, if your golf game's off the rails, if you're sick of riding the struggle bus, you've come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We unpack the mental game with PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This episode of The Part Train, like every episode, is presented by Roback Activewear. Roback.com, enter the code TRAIN, gets you 15% off. If the code doesn't work, you probably used it before. So a little pro tip, borrow your wife's email, maybe create a hotmail, do whatever you need to do. Earthlink? Earthlink, sbcglobal.net maybe. AOL, if you still got it. Do whatever you got to do. Get your discount. I'm wearing the hoodie and joggers. Serm's wearing his vest and shirt, long sleeve tee. It's stretchy. It performs. It's the best. They're our original partner, and we love everything they do. So rowback.com, enter the code TRAIN, get 15% off. All right. This episode I'm very excited for because this is, I think, as relatable as it comes. The roundtables, it's been a while since we've done a roundtable. It has been, and this is an in-the-moment Right after. Roundtable. We did this Post last round, year. Roundtable. Post-round <laughs> roundtable. And there is a lot in this round. Yeah. There is a ton that I think, that I can guarantee one thing. There's going to be something from this round that the person listening has experienced before. For sure. Like, guaranteed. Lots of stuff. Well, guaranteed. But let's set so, the stage a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Right, we're here live at the PJ Show, guys, as yeah. you know. Incredible week for us. So much good stuff, so much momentum. But, look, I'm flying out of Chicago, and it's snowing, right? So I get to Orlando, and I feel like I'm just a whole new world. So Evan and I are planning to at least tee it up one of the days. But that's a good use case, yeah. right? You're in a colder weather yeah. city. I you haven't, you played, haven't played in a while? I haven't played in two and a half months. I've only swung a golf club once, and it was in so we were pumped. We were playing Palm Course at Disney. That's what we did today. What do they um, say? Greatest place on turf? Greatest place on turf. Greatest place on turf. They That's asked the greatest show on turf. No, that was the St. Louis Rams. One of your favorite teams. But they do welcome you when you walk into the pro shop. Welcome to the greatest place on turf. Right. And for those of you guys who don't know, the Disney courses, they're famous for having the Disney Classic there for 40 years in Tiger won twice back in the 90s. So I played one of these courses, the Magnolia, years ago in a tournament. So never <coughs> the Palm. And that, this is your first time playing the Disney courses. So Yeah. It's got to be rare for someone to win at a course twice and then say, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm never playing here again. Yeah, Tiger that was Tiger. in the Disney Classic three times and he won it twice. And then he, he said, that's <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it was great to get out there. I mean, I think the whole week we were definitely building up to this round. You've been working on a lot of things in your game. You've been talking a lot of mental thoughts. You were talking takeaway with major winners this week. Yeah. Top players on the senior tour and top teachers from all around the country. And I was walking this round like, I don't know what to expect because I haven't played, but what, what was going to happen? So, yeah. you know. Maybe let's start with the takeaway because I think one of the major learnings that I learned from a major winner is, let me set the scene for a little bit. I have struggled with a takeaway forever. Like, I have a, take, a new takeaway feel or thought, and I try not to, but it it's hard not to. I have a new one almost every time I play, and I know that's not a good thing, so I thought it'd be a fun experiment as we walk around the PGA show for me to ask people that are really well-known and experienced in the game of golf, what do you think about for your takeaway? What's your feel? And so... I had Tim Petrovic. One of the top senior tour players. Mr. Top 5. Yeah. And my coach, Jake Thurm, his coach, yeah. helped me at a happy hour in a hotel bar feel what I'm supposed to feel, right? But here's the thing that, I, that was kind of an epiphany, was I never understood how people get the club in front of them in vertical so quick. 
Like I always thought, oh, that must be wrist hinge. But it's not. A lot of top players I've learned don't have a lot of wrist hinge. A lot of, they don't have a lot of forced wrist hinge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, they don't need it necessarily to get right. vertical. And what Cermak and what Jake showed me is I'm standing so tall. There's no, there's no way for me to get it, get the club up and my shoulder was coming up. Can, so like, can only go around. what did we say 2023 was, you know, back to basics, the year of doing less, the year of fundamentals. Well, that's a perfect example. Intuitively, if I can't figure out how to get the club up, there's probably something in my fundamentals, my stance, my alignment, my setup that's making it really difficult. So I actually, it's funny, I felt like I was squatting, but it's probably the best my what setup did, what has looked. Show you? What did Tim Petro, so, as they call Yeah, he, so let me see if I can explain this on audio. He basically, without bending your back, you bend at the knees until your fingers touch the top of your kneecap. So if you put your hands on top of your thighs and you bend, you let them hang, you bend your knees until your hands get to the top of your knees. That's kind of the knee flex that you want. And then hinge a little at the waist. And that was my setup. It's probably the best it's looked in a while. And as we were playing, I was like, oh, I can feel how I feel like I have a stronger base and I feel like I can get the club up a little bit more. Right. Still a struggle, but a little bit more. So that's one piece of it. Right. The next piece, I, I felt, Ev, came the next day when we were walking the floor and doing the same exercise. That's <laughs> for takeaway. Yeah, that. yeah. But with my, my old friend and Partrade alum, Missouri State player, Daly Young. Yeah. What did Daly say to you when you said, hey, you know, Daly's a former pro at Pinnacle Country Club, one of the top players in Missouri State history. Just, he's a stud. We love Dales. Yeah. What did you ask Dales about his thing play? Dales told me that he puts his left shoulder down at his right toes, which I thought was really interesting because not only does that help you get tilt, which is something I have struggled with forever. But, but what else does it get you? It also gets you rotated and doing a full turn. Yes. And I learned the power of a full turn today a little bit. But what is the trap of all of this? So on one hand, I was really excited because I had a thought that I could lean into that by doing so gets my club rolling inside less. Not perfectly on plane, but a little less, which I think is an important thing to note. We're never going to be perfect, but how can I just put myself in position to be a little better? Better positions. Right? To make those misses not as great. So what happened the first few holes? Classic trap of anyone that has something new that they're going for. Everyone should be able to relate to this. What happened to me? So, well, you, you didn't know what to do with these thoughts, right? And the first couple holes, you weren't playing golf. No. You were playing swing. Yeah. And it wasn't right? pretty. No. And as you know, you can work, have these thoughts, throw them even on the range a little bit. When you get on the tee, you got to play golf. And you had the two-way miss going right out of the gates. Yeah, literally. <laughs> wait, let me paint the picture. First tee. First, really nice guys. First tee, get matched up with two, two nice guys. First tee, kind of snap hook the first into the trees. Pull hook. Pull hook. Yeah, not a, not a snap. Pull hook. Right one, I go, okay, breakfast ball, right? 8.50 a.m. That's, okay. that's okay. We didn't have a ton of time at the range. We had a little bathroom break, a little breakfast sandwich, yeah, you know. And next one, lost it outright. It was about a 100-yard dispersion. Yeah. I laughed to the group. I said, all right, here we go. Um, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. The, the cart also died in the fairway. Yeah. Literally, uh, cart path only. We didn't see it. A uh, little pro tip. If you play the Disney, Disney courses, courses you got to respect their cart path only because it's not just uh, go in reverse to get back to the cart path. It's the cart dies and you have to push it. The entire foursome is pushing. The foursome is pushing. I mean, granted, I was an idiot for driving it out in the fairway when we were told not to do it on that hole, but that was a tough scene. I'm but that's the guy. These nice guys don't even know we're pushing our cart because we're idiots. So this is how the round started. I lost oh, two stop. off the tee, and we're pushing the cart with all our might to get it back to the cart path. So keep in mind, a lot of people I feel like Serm don't know. They they hear you're playing golf swing. But when you're seeing such terrible shots in front of you, you don't know how to get back to playing. And I think the key for me today was vocalization. Vocalization unlocked my ability to play golf again. 
Cermak literally looked at me. He goes, okay, now you're playing golf. Right. Right? Like, what are you gonna, I was like, yeah, what are we doing here? What's, what's the win? What's your feel? What's your shape? Yeah. Now do it. And you're, and you're just talking back to me. And then, boom, boom. Really started compressing the ball and, hit, and doing the shots that you know you can hit. Hitting the shots yeah. you know you can hit. The thing is, back to your question, Ev, when, we're, when we get so caught up, myself included, in a, in a, in a mechanic, in a feel, you then actually lose all sight of how to play in the sense of you don't do any of that. You don't think about the target. You don't think about the win. Multiple clubs, you know, low versus high. You don't think about how to be creative. That's you don't think goal. about where to miss it because you're so caught up in trying to, well, if I do this move, I'll be okay. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And it's, that is, it's pretty, you know, and, you, and, and the, the move you were trying to do, is, it's tough. You're not used to it. You know, yeah, it was brand new. I told you, I felt like I never held yeah, a club. It's something you got to work on. It's not a simple thought. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a hard one to, to just take to the course. That's actually an amazing point that we don't talk enough about. We, people talk about golf swing versus playing golf, but they don't talk about what you lose by doing golf swing. Yes, it, it prohibits your fluid motion. You're going to create interference, but that's such a great point because more importantly, if you're not thinking about the wind... Which we had a few... We'll get to this. If you're not thinking about the wind, and there's a one and a half and it was a club wind, yeah. or if you're not thinking about where to leave it, and there's crazy slope, or you're not thinking about club choice or where to start it, guess what? That dictates the whole result of the shot. 100%. Which is arguably more impactful than whatever right. you're trying to do in your swing. So that, I think, was almost the theme, one of my themes today, yeah. of don't just say to yourself, play golf, not golf swing because it's something you hear and something you say, you're losing sight of all the important intangibles of commitment, of what the shot requires. You become, you become oblivious to all the obstacles yeah. that there are. Right? Yeah. And, you're like, and that's, that's, that's when you're not playing, right? And then yeah. you certainly doesn't seem like you're playing for score. Well, can we talk <laughs> about focus for a second? Sure. Because... You've, you guys are hearing this the week after the podcast with Dr. Bob Winters and Rick Sessinghouse. I felt like this was kind of a theme that popped up. Rick told us that focus is a skill. Yes. And I don't think that we hear that a lot. And Cermak pointed something out to me today that I didn't realize and something that Dr. Bob Winters said that struck me. I think they're both intertwined. Doc said he realized for his game, you need to understand you as a person and what's best for you. But for Doc... Doc said, I really need to try and win. Whatever it is, not necessarily like win a tournament, win the shot. Like he needs to be engaged and try and kind of like achieve that shot. Kind of you need to be in it. Pit, like, let's go. Yeah. I'm going to beat the course today. I'm going to be the man. I'm going to like that. Like, yeah. like pressure is a good thing because it yeah. makes us do that in those moments that mean the most. Right. But it's harder to do that with a for fun round after the PGA show. We've had a super busy, exhausting, amazing week. We're with two people we just met. We're having fun. Yeah. Um, but one thing I realized when Doc said that is because of my struggles last year, I focused so hard to stay external, engage my playing partners, um, and stay light and get out of the self-judgment and being critical and taking it too seriously but I think I went too far on the other side of the spectrum where I lost, I have no focus. So I'm just stepping in. And Cermak would ask me a few times, like, that was not the club. You didn't even bring, like around the greens, I probably brought the wrong club to a shot. I didn't bring multiple options. Multiple times I didn't even think about the wind. Like, for example, I never realized that sometimes wind, I always saw wind as like, I feel it. So I know what the wind is, but sometimes the wind, you can't feel it, but you have to be aware of the trees, the flag. Number nine, for example, right? Because like, you're like, I don't want to feel the wind right here. I'm like, yeah, but look at the trees behind the green. Right. Right. So it's into us. And right? that was the perfect dichotomy of an eight handicap versus a scratch. I was kind of like not focused, not thinking, probably thinking about making a full turn and getting my left shoulder low as my only key. Cermak is like surveying the variables you're thinking about what needs to happen in order to make a shot happen so that i think was a really big key so for me think about 
you tell them, give them a summary of what happened on some of the shots where you said, okay, I need to stay. Instead of me walking over to my ball, I'm going to stay with you, Evan. Yeah. And we're going to talk things out. And what happened? I mean, it's, it's amazing to compare the results. I mean, just from like Evan, all right, what club are you thinking? And you tell me, ah, maybe an eight, maybe a seven. What's the, I'm like, what's the window? And you're like, ah, oh, it's a little cross. Like, okay, you know, you're trying to hit your natural drop. Yeah, all right. Well, I want you to hear me say a lot today. All right, how about 15 feet, right? You know, or, yeah. you know, or at, I'd say to you, edge of the bunker, let the wind take it in. Yeah. Right? And you'd be like, okay. I'm like, then we'd be like, all right, do your move. Right? And so, like, you've had this plan. Like, yeah. Those, you know, what's your target? What's your feel? What's your shape? You know? And you just look more relaxed, you know? Because you're kind of, a, you have a quick routine, which I like. But I think just sometimes you just. But I also get quick. Yeah, and then you get quick in your swing a little bit, yeah. too. Where it was kind of a moment for you to kind of like, like you said, survey. So you need to do, you're going to work on, do better. Like, yeah. I, what, what, what is this shot giving me? What is this? I like that quote. What, what is this task at hand? Yeah. What are my obstacles? Like, and again, we're not looking to like say, oh, well, there's the water. Let's focus on the water. Or, there's the bunker. But like, you've got to know it, right? You, and you've got to, and you might think, you might not realize you have more options than you think. And I think once we started talking through your shots, Vocalize, especially in the long game. There, it was night and day, you know. And then you were doing the same with me too. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of fun. Yeah, you know, which is good. fun to do with yeah. a friend. And and keep in mind, you know, not everybody benefits from out loud vocalization if you're an you know an introvert and stuff. But I think most people, there's not a ton of downside just as a, a mechanism to like get clarity. Right. Like Dr. Bob Winter says, get into your no zone. K N O W. Like you have to know what you're doing in order to do it. But let me say, let me clarify one thing. I know this isn't new. I know this isn't groundbreaking. But I think the point is, is that golf is a game of repetition. What did I do there? I forgot to do something. I lost focus. Come back. It's a game of coming back. And it's a game of, it's not easy to focus for five hours. That's the other thing. Like you have to. It's so hard. And you probably shouldn't be trying to focus for five hours, oh, yeah, you, you, right? You you stay loose, and then when it's time to laser in, you laser in. In between shots, you've got to be loose. But, but I just want to say that because, like, some even, people... Even when you're loose in between shots, like, I think we were today because we had a great yeah. group of guys that we were playing with, but it's still hard, Yeah. right? Or you see it, you walk into a shot, and you're like, oh, I got this, I got this. I know what to do, I know what to do. But you didn't check the wind. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Or you didn't, you know, you didn't look at the, you didn't look at the course map, or you didn't, right. like... And it's like, oh, shit. And so it's a reminder. Yeah. Instead of getting down on yourself in those moments, those are the moments, like Rick said last in our last podcast, that's the time to get curious. And I thought yes. you did a great job of that today where we were in the cart. Serm looks at me. And remember, Serm's a great putter. It's the best part of your game. Yeah. And Sermak looks at me and he goes, I think I have four three putts today. And here's the really interesting thing that he did. Now remember, this is his biggest strength, what he hangs his hat on, and the thing he struggled with last year. Sure. So it would have been really easy for you to start to get down and feel like, this again, I can't believe this is still a thing, right? But you didn't go there at all. You said, well, I mean, I've had a lot of long putts today. Right. And, what can you and do? it's been tough pin placements. I hit a lot. It was a couple on par threes, you know, 180, 190 par. Yeah, par threes, pins tucked left. I hit it front right, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like, it's... But that's a yeah. great reflection of not taking it personally, taking it for what it was, and, move on, but then getting curious of like, oh, yeah, I didn't focus there. All right, let's make sure I get my focus going in this next one. Or I got quick there. You know, so then you can course correct. Instead of reinventing things well, like it, mechanics, that's, that's it, course correcting back to the, the right. basics. I mean, a couple of those three putts for me on those par threes or some long par threes with back left tucked hole locations and some cross winds all day. And you know me, I hit a couple draws, a couple draws using the wind today. Yeah. But with a long iron, a four, five, six iron to hit it right to left, it's hard. So occasionally my misses, I bail out right, you know, and I've got next to it, you got a 60 footer. You know, I'm a little rusty with my speed, so I had some three putts. But you have to look, like you said, it's easy to get so down. Oh, another three putt. What am I doing wrong? My speed sucks. I need to lengthen my stroke. You know, 
Yeah. Then you're getting into mechanics. Right. You didn't re- <laughs> you didn't <laughs> you didn't reinvent. Or I need to short my short. I was in a lot buy actually. You didn't reinvent, you right. refocused. Right. You exactly. recommitted. Exactly. And yeah. you look you gotta look at it. It's like, I mean it's a chess match. Look at the downloads. Alright, and then when finally I think when we got to sixteen, I mean I had a couple of iron shots better down the stretch longer irons because it just just tend to be a little more committed and just fire through it. Be a little more aggressive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no three putts with that. It's nice when you hit it a little closer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 30 feet's a lot better than 60, 70 feet. Yeah. But, but it was fun for us to vocalize back and forth. You know, there was a couple times, I have your kids at one, you're like, why are you hitting that three wood? You know? Yeah. And, you know, there's just a couple holes I thought were just really kind of tight, you know? And I hit yeah. enough ferry bunkers already. It's like, I want to hit another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of trouble on the golf course we played today. Yeah. A lot of hazard trouble. And remember, we hadn't played it. Yeah, didn't really know it. There's water. There's just a lot of, of bunkers. Of and you're not going tight into, landing you're areas. Not going into the hazards even to look because of yeah snakes and gators and, and that's what they tell you when yeah, you get and we there. We saw tons of gators today, anyways. Yeah. But, but you know, it's you know, it's interesting for me. I, you know, as you were kind of battling mechanics a little bit with your full swing, I was battling mechanics a little bit with my putting. Mm. I felt like I made a breakthrough today with my putting. Because I had figured out that I need to go back to my old grip, my old setup. I told you last year I ex- experimented with getting my right hand more over yeah. uh, on the grip to get a more bigger release. Well, I, I didn't putt that great last year. I felt like putts were getting offline quick. I was getting too handsy. So got the grip back in my palms, got my elbows more connected to my stomach, my rib cage, and I brought that into action. Now I was thinking about that all day because that messes with your routine. Right. I'm walking into a putt. I'm walking into it differently. I'm gripping it differently. I'm setting it differently. So that was on my mind all day. Yeah. And like I said, I had some three putts, but I feel like I had a lot of solid putts too, and, and uh, some good comebackers. And uh, so that was a breakthrough for me. <laughs> it's like, oh, you hit all those three putts. Yeah, but I had, the putts were solid though. Yeah. Well, the what putts is? Were solid. So it's like you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? What has Doctor Joe told us? Love the way it leaves. Oh yeah. How good right. Is that? And How good that's. Is that line? I mean, I felt that a couple times where I think that's a thing to remember as a way, as a tool to keep yourself in it. Because, like, one thing we've heard a lot is, like, that was close, right? Or on a putt, you could miss a putt really bad, like, from the hole itself, but love the way it felt. Right. And that's a really great way to stay detached and not debilitated. Throughout the round, because yeah. it's a, if it's a game of mistakes, and we know it's going to be more rare to have a perfect shot than a bad one. Thinking about like find something you love about it, yeah. and I know in the moment it's like such a a silly thing to hear when but, you're frustrated. But if you can pull some sort of positive, it's going to calm you down. Yeah, and yeah. and I don't think it's necessarily like trying to be positive. Yeah. It's more so like finding something constructive about what you just did you know like that was better rhythm that felt good off the face that was close that's a way to stay in the round shot to shot a little bit all right guys stay seated keep those seat belts fastened we're gonna get this train back on track in a second but first we're doing this one live at the pj show sir and i are together and we just wanted to hop on here and share how much we enjoyed using our Red Rooster golf clubs today. It's the first time we used them together. We're both using the, the Boilermaker. Yeah, how about that for the ads? I mean, both had the Boilermaker. The Boilermaker glove is the white glove with kind of this gold and black classic patch design. And what did you think about the Range Rooster glove? This is the first time you got to feel it and try it. Yeah, I loved it. Um, you've been using it a lot, especially for long yeah. practice sessions. But, you can use it before the, before the round anyways, right? Yeah. Especially if you want to preserve your gloves. I mean, the Red Rooster gloves last really well, but, and that's what's so great about it, the durability. Man, this range Rooster was, the really, it was so stretchy, so elastic, and it doesn't rip, right? Right. That's the I mean, thing that people don't realize. I really built this glove differently. Some people might be thinking, well, look, I'm not a pro. I'm a 15 handicap. Why do I need a glove for the range? It's not necessarily that you need a glove for the range. It's to preserve and make your other gloves last longer so you don't have to keep buying gloves. Economical, guys. Yeah, that's the thing. So go to redroostergolf.com, enter the code TRAIN, 
get 20% off, you won't be disappointed. Also, don't forget about the subscription. A lot of people don't get a glove when they need it. It's actually really nice to just get it, forget you were even expecting it, and keep yourself up on good, solid, new gloves. It's going to save you money, not going to have to scramble, and it's just a quality product. Huge yeah, best performing glove is per my golf spy. So yeah. redroostergolf.com, enter the code train, 20% off. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the show. I kind of struggled today. I got a little in my head with the Bermuda grass. I don't typically play on Bermuda grass. I try to get the heel up on some of my chips so I wouldn't, I wouldn't dig. And I was trying to do more arms chipping, kind of bigger muscles, and I chunked them. <laughs> I was out thinking my own self. When I should have just kind of just done a little more of a textbook kind of chip. Yeah. A little back in the stance. You know, just kind of like a little brush, release the club. I was trying to go more stricter. And I I can be a good arms chipper, but for a guy who doesn't play in Bermuda and then hasn't played in a couple months, I was overthinking these chips. Well, and let's... I, and I chunked yeah. two. Well, let's well, talk about this. Night. Let's yeah. talk about discomfort for a second. Because yeah. discomfort, as a feeling, can feel really scary and not good basically right over a shot you don't feel good about it nobody likes that feeling but instead what if we went beyond it just as an emotion but as information right so in those cases i experienced this today too with some 40 50 yard pitches from really tight kind of wet muddy lies right i was very uncomfortable it's not an easy shot no true but we're both uncomfortable in those scenarios and I think we both overthought them instead of taking the discomfort as information and say, okay, well, what am I more comfortable with? What gives me a higher percentage well, it, chance on this? How can I simplify it? Versus I think we both made it more complex. Exactly. For the chips that I was doing, how can I just get this to eight or nine feet? For the, for the long pitches you're doing, how 15. can I get this to 20 feet, right? Yeah. Right, but instead we both, we're chunking them, right? Right. But that's where your mind has to go. If this isn't feeling good, you gotta back off and just say, you know what, this maybe isn't my shot. Yeah. Okay, but let's let's just get it on the green. Right. Let's bigger target, maybe a little away from the flag, and I'll take my chance. And maybe yep. that's a bogey. But it's just the way that, this is the way that you feel that day with those surroundings. But in those moments, you know, you bring double into play, right? Right. You know? Yeah. Ev, let's talk through your three win today. I knew you were going here. Because <laughs> you hit some awesome three wins. You hit some really bad three wins. Yeah. Not to knock you down. Yeah. You know you did. You yeah. You say that. You know? Oh, yeah. There was one hole. It's 260 bar four. Water right. And one of the guys in our group is a good player. Older guy. He drove the green. And it's doable. But water right. With his driver, all yeah. All along. Crosswind. Puts it to pin high. I mean, you and I are both thinking in our head, oh man, we'd love to drive the green too. But yeah. we're like, you know what? We're gonna hit three woods. And yeah. Like, people are like, three woods on a 260 goal just hit like a three iron. Well, it's a dog leg right. So if you hit a if you hit an iron, you've got to go way far left. And you're gonna have a very long shot. So you've got to take it over the water, you know, and then you can have 50, 60. I think it's pretty percent. standard. Two sixty yard. Yeah. Par four, you hit a three wood. Because there was more room. Left, left. If you're, if, with that distance, right. like a 250, 260. Distance. Right. So on that hole, I mean, walk us, through, walk us through what happened on that hole and then what happened on two holes later and what you said to me. This is interesting because you've got the drivable four, which back to like the emotional side, you just saw it happen. It's pretty easy to get amped up and want to do the same thing. Right, a fun group of guys too. Come on, go. And for I it. cut, I cut my three wood down. So now a really good three wood is two fifty, maybe two sixty. Where before, when my three wood was longer than standard, I could get that thing to two seventy, like if I really get a, a nice solid draw on there. So that's in my head, like you know, if I really get this one, maybe it, it can have a chance to get there. But let's be real for a second. I, I wasn't aimed at the green, right. and actually, it was kind of funny. I asked Sir Mac, he was on the tee box, I was at the cart, I said, what's the distance to the flag? He starts laughing. He hadn't even shot the flag. He was shooting everything other than the flag. And I go, I started laughing, I go, that's another example of an eight versus a scratch. Of like, he wasn't even shooting that. You weren't even giving yourself the option to know what that was. The flag was 260. But we were looking at the carts of the group in front of us, which was roughly... 30 to 40 yards left of the green. And longer. Too. And long. 
So I think it was a combination of getting swept up in the moment of wanting to muscle one when I didn't need to. I had the whole world left. But also, I lost focus. I kind of knew what the shot was. Like, this is another thing to maybe talk through is sometimes it's like, what am I focused on? Because I know the spot. I know the club. I can hit the shot. I can hit the shot. So I kind of was just kind of blank walking into it. I didn't think about the wind. That's another example of not thinking about the wind. There wasn't the wind left to right pointing towards the water. Yeah. But I thought I was lined up 30 yards left. That's enough. So I basically, I topped a three wood in the water. And then what did I do the second one? I think I fanned one. I I blocked it. Yeah, the second one I wasn't thinking because you were, I was still on the top in the water. I just reloaded real quick out of frustration like most people do. And I kind of fanned one in the water. So what Cermak is bringing up is, I think it was like two holes later, I had a three wood off the tee. Shorter par four, four, bunkers, but pretty standard straight away par four. And but you, but you had to hit, you had to hit a three wood. Yeah. Or like, had a driver. The so much more fluid, so much more smooth, and I hit a tight little baby draw on the right side of the fairway. Yeah. Perfect. And Cermak made a point. He's like, no, it's the you, same shot. No, but you said to me, you're like, what's my problem? What's wrong with my swing? Like, why? Why can't I? Couldn't I do that back there? And I just was sharing with you like. It's the same shot. It's the same your shot. Your mind was just in a different place. You were committed to laying up there, so to speak. Yeah. The previous hole, you weren't. You were thinking about getting out of the green or threading the needle. Or you know, muscling it. Muscling it. Right, versus like just trusting the tempo of it. Just, it's going to end up going the same distance, it, if not farther anyways. Getting out of the green, the odds are so slim. The right. guy did it before us, but right. shot of his life. Right. You know? Yeah. So what an interesting moment for you. So like, I'm just trying to help you with like, that's not a swing thing, man. That's just a mind thing. And holes mess with us. Well, it's just obstacles mess with us. Yeah, it's a good example of like, we talk about this stuff every week, but that's why I love playing, because it's a chance to catch yourself and come back to something, right? Every single person is gonna hang their head after topping a ball in the water. Every person. 100%. But it's about like getting curious about instead of getting frustrated that I did it, just like you said, well, I got a lot of long putts. Yeah. Pretty tough pin positions. Well, for me, well, I kind of tried to muscle that. Right. There's a reason. I kind of got out of my, my routine. Right. I, <laughs> I tried to match what our playing partner did. Usually, yeah, our, our swings can be better and they sometimes prohibit us to do certain things, but... Most of the time, it's our head. Most of the time, it's interference. Right. And it takes curiosity to get, you know. Curiosity combined with focus. Yeah. Right. That was the other thing. Right. Yeah. It's a certain. It's a, it's a way to focus. You have to have this curiosity factor in your focus. Yeah. You can't just focus. Someone said, "Oh, he's really focused. He's not. Oh, he's really quiet. He looks really stern." I'm okay. Sure. But yeah, but what's he what, thinking what about? He, what is, what, it's like the Terminator. What's he processing, right? Like, right. He's, he's processing everything. Right. Everything in front of him. And, right. You know, it's, it's not But are you seeing? Overload, but it's, there's a checklist. But are you seeing the flight? Are you feeling the shot? Are you practicing lightness and Do tempo? Do you target? believe it? I mean, that stuff. Do, can you really? What did I, I, you asked me today, right? And I love what you were doing with me because it helps me. I like to vocalize. It helps me. What are you thinking, especially on those second shots, right? I think you heard me say loud, 15 feet left. Try to hit a medium trajectory, keep it under the wind, 15 feet left. Yeah. And there's an occasional time I push them and they were, it turned out really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what happens. Yeah. When I do it well, you know. What did I say to you on 18? <laughs> the second shot on 18? Oh, yeah. What did I, I say I to you? Do you remember? I pushed that one, but I hit it good. <laughs> so I hit it one of my best drives of the day Yeah. on 18. And... I had oh, for your second shot. For my second shot. Oh, Do you remember second, what I said? This is one of your shots of the day. What did I say to I don't you? No, what did you say? So there was a I think it was maybe a hundred and fifty yard marker. Oh uh, like thirty yards in front of me. Twenty yards. Twenty yards. I'm gonna i I'm gonna sling it over the one fifty. Sling it around the one fifty is what you said. 
I think I said I'm going to hit a piss missile right over that fucking 150 marker with a baby draw. That was probably the most conviction I had all day. I had a five iron in my hand because there was a lot of wind. I mean, think about this. Over water, a knockdown five iron, tucked right hole location. Maybe less. One of the best shots. Maybe, probably the best shot I hit all day. Right. I see you talk it, you see it, believe it. And you're telling me, like, you're telling me it, right? So. And that's, I think there's a, there's a feeling in that. There is a, I was having fun with it. I literally looked at you, I said, I'm going to hit a piss rocket over that marker. And that really helped me. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a learning for you, like, that, that's a get tough moment, like Dr. Bob was saying, right? You know? Yeah. Like, I got like, come on, man. I'm going I'm to do this. Like, but it wasn't, can I do it? And look. No. Like, I'm I just good. want people to know, like, I didn't hit it good today. Doesn't matter. But, oh, yeah. So, like, you don't need to hit it good in order to have that conviction. Correct. I, it, that was just one of those moments. You see a shot. It feels right. You instantly commit. The question is, how can I do that more often? What can I look at in the distance that can help me laser in, take it more seriously, but like have fun with it? Right. You know, I was excited to hit that shot. Now on the flip side, you can also get overly excited and forget, lose focus on some other things because you're so excited to try and hit the shot. You lose focus on the conditions. You lose focus on, you know, I get a little quick. That's why this game is so right. crazy and, and fun. You know? You get, you get one in the shot, you just want to hit it hard and yeah. aggressive. Like you said, I want to just go after it, which is good. Yeah. Right? I want, we want you to go after it. Yeah. And same for me, but you, you can't lose sight of your, yeah. your tempo, right? All right, guys, stay seated. This train's going to make a quick pit stop. Keep those seatbelts fast, and then we'll get the train right back on track. I've got something for you guys that I think you're going to absolutely love. I don't know about you. I've been talking to different friends and I realized it's pretty rare for people to have a go-to golf shoe. People have go-to equipment brands for their putters, their irons, their wedges, drivers, et cetera. But golf shoes, you kind of jump around a little bit. And I've been looking for a brand that I can stick with. And I was honestly a little bit surprised when I realized it and I tried it on, but now I'll never go back. Olakai golf shoes. They call it Aloha golf. It's all about same thing, enjoying the ride, Aloha Golf, staying chill, staying happy, enjoying it all. But more importantly, it's the most comfortable golf shoe I've ever worn. So you guys might know Olakai for the sandals and their uh, regular footwear. And everybody, you know, I've got like the flattest feet in the world. I could never find sandals that fit my foot. The only sandal that's ever fit my foot are Olakai flip-flops. So I'm seeing so many people that wear Olakai for everyday stuff. When they hear they had a golf shoe, they ran straight to the to Olakai.com and got themselves these pairs. I personally love the white leather shoe. It's super classic. They've got gray, brown, et cetera. And they've also got these other styles that are kind of cool and unique. There's some brown leather mixed into some navy canvas, and it's a little bit more eclectic and kind of a trail outdoor feel. And it's pretty cool. I have those two. And the heel, best part, the heel on all their golf shoes flap down just like the regular footwear. So go to our show notes of this episode or go to our Instagram account at the part train, tap the link in bio. You'll see an Olakai link in there. Tap that link because if you click that link, you will get free shipping on your order. Highly recommend this, guys. Remember, I tested them back in April and walked 36 holes at Bannon Dunes without breaking them in. And I had zero blisters. I've had shoes that are broken in that I've worn for months that gave me blisters at Bannon Dunes. These didn't. So tap that link in our show notes of this episode or go to our bio at The Par Train and get yourself the most comfortable golf shoes I've ever worn. All right, let's get back to the show. I think the key for me, there's two things. I constantly have to fight, we talked about a million times, the how versus the where, getting stuck in mechanics. That is a constant should be a constant check for me. Because yeah. if I'm getting stuck there, I'm not going to be in a good place. Right. It's not going to serve me. But two, maybe even more importantly than that, is recommitting versus reinventing. I love it. I, am, I think a lot of people, right. if you're anyone like me, 
It's very easy to reinvent. Be- and, and I should probably say, you know when you, like, in movies, they, like, create a hook at the beginning and you watch the whole thing, even if it's a shitty movie, because your brain so desperately just wants to complete that loop? Yeah. That's how our brains are designed. Yeah. To complete open loops. So when we're messing up in our minds, it is our brain's natural state to try and fix it. That's why it's hard in conversations, relationships to listen and not try and fix their problem. It's the same thing with golf. But but the thing with golf, there's a way to fix it. And there's a way. Without trying to, in a way. It's like a. Going back to mechanics, which is what we all do. Yeah. It's just like, what? But that's my, my pre-shot routine. Remember that one putt? I'm not calling you out. I mean, this stuff happens to me too. I'm like, haven't been a fairway bunker shot for me, but your one putt. I'm like, dude, that was a good stroke. You just didn't read it. Like, you, 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 I know. You didn't even, you didn't take any time to read that putt. I didn't see you were talking. You know, what you do with people when you're either talking. I know. About that was the example and of just, getting to. Like, what happened? You looked at me like, I'm like, it was a good stroke. You just didn't read the putt. Yeah. You didn't get down behind it. You didn't look the side. You didn't go behind it. Like. It's brain fart. <laughs> well, yeah, you just you're too too loose, right? That's too loose. Step into it. Be real, like so. That's something for me from curiosity. We've learned, but I think the reinventing thing with the going back to like the brain trying to complete loops, trying right. to solve problems. You can solve problems to your point, but you can't do it by reinventing. Correct. You can't spend your whole round trying different things. It's really you got to spend your whole round getting back to basics just right chop wood and carry water not right you know I love that saying like great pro it goes back to our goals episode right how can that's this is probably going to be a great theme for people listening for your next round is catch yourself when you try and add on instead strip away right refocus you know the last furry bunker shot of the day I I, I had the furry bunkers all day today for the record, I shot 77. It sounds like I shot 100 the way I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, which, I had a better... I, I, felt, I felt part of that. But I was trying to hit a knockdown 7-iron out of a fairway bunker, a little uphill lie, a little lip, not bad, but into the wind. That was just the wrong shot. I should have just put it more up in my stance, try to full release it, keep the lower body quiet, and just hit it high. It'd be yeah. hard to hit the green, but hit in front of the green. Yeah. And I literally... 10 yards out of the park, right? And immediately, immediately out of my mind said, God, fully bumper sucks. God. Yeah. Well, how, do you, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Like your swing is, what a terrible turn, so shallow, you know. But really, I, I just picked the wrong shot. I hit some better fairway bumper shots early in the round. I just picked the wrong shot. So what's the difference I then? I to the wrong shot. What happened to you <laughs> in that fairway bunker that was different than after your fourth three putt? With the next shot I hit over the, over the green? No, what happened in your reaction, in your response? Why was it easier to say, well, I've just been having a lot of long putts? Why was it easier to accept because and move on to three, four three putts than that one shot in the fairway bunker? Well, this is interesting, right? Because when you hit your really bad shot today, you topped it in the water. Which one? No, that, yeah, yeah. That, that, say that's the one that really sticked out. Right? Yeah. You three with you top water? Yeah. Mean that I basically just topped out of the bunker? Yeah. That was my... There's a pain there. Of course. Right? So it, it shocked me. A three putt. I actually hit one pretty solid putt. Hit it eight feet by. Hit another pretty good putt. And it lipped out. Okay. Yeah. It's just a different feeling. Yeah. Now, because well, I was hitting those putts solid, I just couldn't quite get the speed. You right. Know, where this is like... I thought I knew what to do. But I just picked the wrong thing, and I was just so mad. You know, I didn't think I picked the wrong things. I thought I prepared well for, the, for those putts. I just didn't do them. This one, I chose the wrong shot. I didn't prepare well. I didn't think right. I was, I was thinking I was going to hit that 10, 15 feet away. Yeah, sure, I could have done it, but I should have should have tried a different shot, a little higher, you know. Yeah, just, but yeah. isn't that funny? Yeah. All you did was pick the wrong shot. Yeah, yeah. So in some of my cases, I, did, I lost focus. Yeah. You probably got a little cute. Right, right. So you, you went too deep yeah. in, exactly. in what you wanted to do just, yeah. through discomfort. I'm just like, what? And then the, I got out of the, why are you do picking that shot? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, isn't it funny how, I think Dr. Bob told us in last week's episode, he said, you, you got to learn to tolerate. Acceptance is more about tolerating 
yeah. not being okay with it. 100%. You can not be okay with that shot, but you got to tolerate that it happened because guess what you just learned? You got too cute. Guess what you just learned the next time you have a bunker shot like that? Right. Right? You got to take inventory of that. If not, I bet you a lot of our listeners, especially if you're newer in the game, but we all do it every time we play, if you get stuck in, I can't believe I just did that, I don't normally play like that, I'm better than this, it's embarrassing, what are you doing, you're an idiot, you're stuck in emotion the whole time, you don't actually have the opportunity to learn or make changes. Again, changes that are productive, not reinventing the wheel. Right. Right. And I thought the big step for you today was you started to see the difference and how you need to think out there and how you need to respond. And you know what? I know how to play this game. I just got to get better at being more consistent with my routine and my process and my curiosity. Yeah. And even with not a perfect takeaway, you can play pretty good golf. So let me ask you this. For someone listening, we've talked about a, a lot of stuff, a lot of different stuff. There is a potential to hear this and be like, wow, I love all this, but like, what's my thing? How do I know which thing to take? Because sometimes I struggle with this in the first three holes. Too much. Too much going on. We all need one focus, one theme. But the minute you go to two and more, you're screwed. So how do you think, what do you think is the best way for someone that's listening to this to be like, well, how do I get smarter about because they might not know the answer after a bad shot. What did create that? How do they go about finding their process, would you say? Well, I mean, if this is the year of back to the basics, I mean, I think everybody listening, no matter the handicap, you know, has a moment over every show where what club am I going to hit? What club should I hit? Do I feel comfortable with that club? If not, why? Right. Maybe if, pick something that is more everybody comfortable. Everybody knows how to pick up grass, throw up, watch the wind. Look at the trees. Look at the tree. The flag. Look, look at the flag around you, right? And then everybody can kind of see, assess, like, well, I think I know where I need to be and where I need not to be. So, like, that's a simple process, you know? And you just got to re- repeat it. So your one thing is your process. You know, and if you're somebody listening that's a 20, 22 handicap, okay, but you know, if, is this a driver or is this a hybrid? Are you thinking about those things? Are you thinking of that 270-yard par four that's reachable even for you because you hit it far? Are you thinking about, well, maybe I should hit an iron on this hole? Or are you just got that tunnel vision? Yeah. Or I've got a downhill putt, you know? Well, I should really be thinking about speed here, right? It's interesting to think about... Instead of like the line... You know, how like, much of golf is just decisiveness? Because I know you and I both struggle with this, like our personality types... We both can be pretty indecisive at times. I'm a big creative. Like, to your point, it's hard for me to stay lasered in on one thing. Like, I I naturally bounce around, which is why my mental golf type is not about sticking to a plan. It's about having the confidence to let things arise and adapt accordingly. Be that I'm prepared for anything that comes at me because I know it works for me. I let things uncover. I let things happen and know that I can handle it but you gotta remember it's tough indecisiveness leads to lack of commitment right it's better to commit to the wrong shot than not commit to the so called right shot right but I think for listeners it's just we have to develop a routine and be curious about the shot because as you know we talked about today there's a lot happening here (laughs) there's a you know and yeah you know we just but Ev like Dr. Bob and Dr. Rick said, focus is a skill. Golf is about the balance of being focused and relaxed. You have to have both. It's hard. Because you're turning yeah. on and off. We should say it's, it's not easy. Like, it's it, not easy I mean, at all. I lost my focus today. It, it happens. Yeah. Right? I, I, it just, it, but you, how can you have it a little bit more than that? But how can you then say, oh, I lost my focus instead of I'm, I'm an idiot? Right. Right. And then the next shot, you I, refocus. I was, because yes, like on the third marker, I was thinking the wrong things. I'm an idiot. It's so ironic I was just that. thinking the wrong things. A couple days after we record. From that, right? Right. It's so ironic that the couple days after we record a podcast about focus being a skill, we saw firsthand with you being there as like my, you know, accountability partner almost. 
I saw firsthand what focus does versus lack of focus. It was night and day. 100%. Night and day. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be a big moment for you. You know you have to work on your takeaway. You're tilt. You're going to continue to do this. Yeah. But I think you finally, I mean, don't let me speak for you, but how to play golf. Yeah. You made a lot of good swings today. And then the bad swings or the bad butts just came from a lot of the time. It just came from you just, you know. Indecisiveness or lack of focus altogether. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. So. And I think this is good because a lot of times we talk about like, dealing with the shame and a mental game on the side of emotional management and and staying like thinking about productive things and staying positive and and course management all that stuff but i think this episode was really refreshing and an interesting twist because it was more about what am i focused on and what am i not and it's not just where i want the ball to go versus where i don't want the ball to go it's what elements impact my decision here what can get me closer to a, a decision because at the end of the day if you, if you do the checklist right what's my what's what's my number what's my target what's the win where do I need to miss it? you gotta go through all that and what do I want shot. what do I want the shot to look like yeah and you feel it you yeah it, and then, you, then you hit the shot and it doesn't end up how you want regardless of if it you believe you can it doesn't end up how you want well alright though the it, more you do that it rarely will the better it will be right yeah and okay maybe I chose the wrong one Maybe I, you know, but, but I took it in. I was curious. I had a process. I had a pre-shot routine. I love this. Any final things that you think we didn't mention that we should close on? No, I think this is pretty good. I think you need to build off this. And I think we should do another mental game roundtable soon and maybe bring somebody out, one of our listeners, kind of an average player. Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot to this, you know. Yeah, it's nice. It's been a while since we've done a roundtable. I forgot how eye-opening and refreshing and valuable it is yeah so so no fantastic great to great we got to play together yeah it was fun awesome great week well uh we're excited for all the ex- new stuff in 2023 a lot of interesting fun stuff coming thank you guys as always for hopping aboard we read all your messages we get all your emails yeah. we try to respond to each one because it means the world and we appreciate genuinely every one of you that hops aboard I think this is going to be our biggest year ever. But no matter what happens, no matter if you lose your focus, if you're indecisive, if you hit the wrong shot, if you top one in the water, what do they got to do? Just enjoy the ride. Hey, guys. Enjoy the ride. Take care. Hey, guys. This is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.